Good evening, Anchorage, Alaska, the lower 48 and the rest of the world. It's Bruce Lindquist with this podcast, Wonderful Counselor. The title of today's episode is Give Me Liberty or Give Me Death, The Meaning of the Crimson Rings. It burned bright into the sacrificial night. Men and women followed their dreams of freedom. The torch was handed to those who dared to risk the watery grave to a place called America. We almost gave the flame to the British, but there were those its fire still burned bright. One such man was Patrick Henry, who said these words, and they echo through the ages, give me liberty or give me death. His words would continue to be heard throughout history, from the Revolutionary War to the Civil War, to World War I, the Great War, to World War II, the war that was supposed to end all wars, and every combat conflict going forward. For generations, freedom and liberty's light has burned as a beacon in America to the world. Even America's battle-tried wounded warriors who returned from combat in a moment would go back, where they felt alive, had purpose greater than themselves, and a bond of brothers that cannot be matched. For in them, the torch burns bright. My parents were fire carriers, part of the greatest generation. This generation faced the disease of TB, people lived in iron lungs, survived the Great Depression, won the war that was supposed to end all wars, and as Winston Churchill would say, we'll never surrender. And because we didn't, we met evil face to face and defeated it. What was forged in the lives of these people was a faith in God, a love of country, and a gift more precious than gold or silver. Something worth living for, and yes, if necessary, dying for. Our freedom and our liberty. It did cost many their lives, yet you're not really alive unless you believe in something with all your heart and your life is secondary towards it. Yet they did not complete have they did not completely have the victory over evil, for what is in the heart of man is still sin. Regardless how you define that word, the brutal opposition of totalitarianism around the world is a reminder that the battle is far from over. Our enemy is counting on us to cower in fear and hopelessness. For far too many, not tried in battle, it is not give me liberty or give me death, but I'll give you my freedom for comfort and a false sense of security and follow the state at all costs. How could so many just surrender without a bomb being dropped or a bullet fired? Our enemy knew America could not be conquered by military might alone. Unfortunately, while we were diligently on guard to a frontal attack, we did not protect the rear. We were caught up in the battle strategy that worked back then, and we forgot how to preserve our past victories by focusing on the generations to come. We did not teach them how to value their freedom, what it costs for them to have them, and more importantly, what it would take to be carriers of the flame. The belief was that they would do this because generations had done it before. That was our mistake. And further, we did not anticipate our enemies had learned from their mistakes as their cause failed time and time again. Yet they did learn that those beliefs and major institutions that help people against Marxist overthrows of government 
would need to be changed if not removed. To conquer America, they had to win the people's minds and hearts for generation upon generation. History will show, when all is said and done, that the traitors to the greatest country were not your traditional soldiers. The greatest saboteurs were and are academics in our universities, which became breeding grounds for the indoctrination to destroy the very fabric of our country. Through Marxist indoctrinations, our children were taught to not just see, not to not see a need to resist the ideology, but it was more than that. They were taught to hate our country that they used to love. So instead of being carriers, carriers of liberty in their hearts, they were taught to take their flame and to burn down the country. Unfortunately, it worked so well, and in colleges and in K through 12s are now being indoctrinated. America is losing because we let our colleges teach postmodern dogma. Nothing more, nothing matters, so the head's emptied of all meaning, and then, in that void, filled their susceptible minds with the Marxist ideology. The new generations were not taught to carry the light of the flame of liberty. They know nothing of our history and are being taught a new version of an America's past offenses are magnified, and the good she's done is insignificant. The heart of America is being taken away from us and those of us who knew better. We let it happen. Our enemies would say it's too late. We have your children, every institution, most of the government, including many churches. Yet is it, yet is it too late? Why should we trust anything they say? We do have a choice, for we are, we are the bulwark left to keep our blessed republic, one nation under God, from becoming a soft totalitarianism state. Do you want to be, do you want to have a government that tells you how to think, that defines your reality, what you feel, convinces you what they're doing is for your own good, and the only thing that matters is the state? The analogy of the Crimson Rings represents how people and ultimately nations are seduced to give up our blessed freedoms. What are those rings? Are you wearing one now? And how is it removed? So once again, you would be able to say with Patrick Henry, give me liberty or give me death. The first indication you're wearing a crimson ring, as I said earlier, you can no longer see anything good in America. She needs to be, as my graduate school professor said, experience the violent overthrow of the U.S. government. The second is your disregard for our Constitution, where our freedoms are mocked. Make no mistake, freedom of speech and our religious freedoms are given to us by God. Our founding fathers treasured them because before they came to America, they didn't have those freedoms. Regardless if you're religious or not, freedoms to worship protect all your other freedoms, for without it, you have none. Let me be clear, whether you believe in God or not, you're free to believe in what you choose. Your religious freedoms protect that right. Marxism, on the outside, promises a utopian society of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Those words, however, become weaponized and used against those who disagree with their definitions. You see, who define the words has the power. So by surrendering words and meaning, we allow them to be murdered and thus forge those words into laws that support a change in definition to our freedom's potential demise. My fellow Americans, our country is surrendering in so many ways. I'm not advocating for violence. I'm advocating to have steel in our bones so we will not be bowed down to their definitions. You may be saying, come on, Bruce, words change. It just happens. 
It is true. Over the course of time, words do change. Perhaps prior to my generation, the word cool meant just cold. And then we used it as another way to express a positive regard towards something like a cool car, for example. The word bad became good, and it fluctuated in its meaning in culture like the word cool did. But then there was other words, like the word gay. For countless generations, that meant happy. We sing and use the word gay in Christmas songs. Yet now it has, be, has another meaning in referencing to an alternative sexual behavior that's not in accordance with the scriptures. The deconstruction of the word life and misuse of the word freedom as re reproductive justice has resulted in millions upon millions upon millions of babies murdered since 1973. It is the greatest genocide in the history of the world. People share with me, oh, gender names other than male and female, it's no big deal. And these pronouns, when you murder the English language, no one in the greatest generation would even possibly imagine that the book Fun with Dick and Jane would be considered a hate book or Dr. Seuss's children's book. Or Mr. Rogers would dare to say only boys could grow up to be men and daddies and girls grow up to be women and mommies. His words were not seen as hateful, but facts of biology. Yet in the world of the Crimson Ring, when you put it on, you become a sense of murder of language. Those in power make the definitions of the words and then demand you change your beliefs about that definition to fit theirs or face the consequences. This is the opposite of freedom and liberty. They are forcing you how to think, speak, and respond. With every social media mob attack, every chilling word from power to attempt to cancel you, we move further from a republic to a society controlled by the state. Yet unfortunately, many of you are already wearing the crimson ring and are now part of a mob rule that is generated by this Marxist framework. I grew up as a Democrat. My parents were Democrats. The picture of John F. Kennedy was hanging on my bedroom wall. I listened to the album Four Days That Shocked the World about the Kennedy assassination. One of my first books in grade school was a book about President Kennedy. When I retired from the military, I really liked President Clinton, and I offered any, and I was honored that he signed my re military retirement certificate. I even voted for President Barack Obama the first time around. Then there was a shift. I hadn't moved, but my party had. It moved so far left, I was standing in an independent party ground. You see, I didn't leave the Democratic Party; they left me. As an American. I now saw the former centric Democratic Party becoming so far left, it didn't know what right was anymore. So many I knew and admired put on the crimson ring. I could no long, they could no longer see the deception they'd fallen into. The Dems aren't alone with that. The right can wear the crimson ring too, and many have. The Republican Party can become so right it's wrong. The allure of the ring continues to divide our nations. Jesus said, which President Lincoln quoted, a house divided against itself cannot stand. This is what our enemy is counting on. Unfortunately, these rings are being handed out to our children through every institution, which were once reinforcing our country's future and are now teaching them to wear the ring and see through the eyes of their teachers who also wear the rings. Parents are being taught in the name of critical gender theory that their baby's three months can determine their gender and, and biology is immaterial to how you feel. The results of such decisions will be, at the very least, some very confused children, and at worst, children who will lose their God-given identity and not be able to reproduce their own children. 
All specific words such as father, mother, gentleman, gentlewoman, grandfather, grandmother, mom, are replaced with more inclusive definitions, such as birthing person for moms. They teach the more inclusive, the better. Men can menstruate, they can have children, which is insane. Yet it makes perfect sense when you wear the crimson ring. You can, you can, can you imagine looking down at your baby daughter and instead of being lost in the miracle of life, you're holding her and thinking, I wonder if she's really a girl. Unfortunately, institutions like healthcare professionals are also wearing the ring as well. There's no institution in America where the ring has not influenced. It used to be as a counselor, self-determination of the counselor and the client within the framework of the agency's ethics was how services were provided. However, when leadership wears the ring, self-determination is removed and replaced with indoctrination. As a counselor, I do not force anyone to believe or do as I do. I have my own beliefs. However, it's not my job to try or change them into my image. I may disagree, but their treatment goals do not read what Bruce says they should do. God gave them the ability to make their own choices. Therefore, no one should enforce an employee in the name of inclusion, diversity, or equity, which are now weaponized words, to attend critical social justice Marxist education. Certainly not in the United States military or in corporate America. Yet people lose their jobs for not buying into the lie that being white, male, heterosexual Christian makes you part of an oppressive culture, and thus you must see yourself that way or be dealt with. How you know you're wearing one of the crimson rings? You apologize for being white or Caucasian or male or heterosexual or Christian or female. You go on an apology tour if you offend someone or the mini in the mob for something in your past, present, something else in someone else's life that represents the big four. The word offense, which was a word that used to say you were in error, now is used if they disagree with you. You've offended them. And that's all they need in the court of public opinion of those wearing the ring to destroy your reputation, career, and even your life. One of the crimson rings is being a victim. And I'd like to address the LGBTQ community. I know that probably there are more letters that will be added before, even before I finish the podcast episode. The argument I hear is this is their civil rights issue. They were victimized before by the majority culture, but no more. Then unfortunately what happens is unhealed victims become worse victimizers like those in the cycle of violence. I for one do not support any other flag flown other than the United States flag and the state flag. Yet the LGBTQ flag was flown in our United States flag, not just in America, but in our embassies in foreign nations. This is sending a message to the world how the United States leaders are wearing the crimson ring. Many church leaders are also wearing the crimson ring. The rainbow for Christ followers is a symbol of God's covenant with his people after most were destroyed because of the sin, their sin. Yet the rainbow now means pride and for a lifestyle and behavior that perverts his covenant. Churches in the name of inclusion, diversity, and equity, and love reach out to the LGBT community, which they need to do. But instead of teaching them the truth, they change with the LGBT culture, and many in the church are now wearing the ring. The very scriptures that speak out against sin and are ignored in the name of love, of a definition that is not biblical, in fact makes that word worthless. It reminds me in my youth as a young man with a lot of hormones, 
that I convinced myself having sex with a woman, if I loved her and was committed to marry her, it would be okay in the eyes of God, or at least he would look the other way. I used to justify my sexual behavior and my desires to go against the desires of God's truth and his word. And I also experienced, in many ways, the penalties for the error of those decisions. In many ways, the church has used the same rationale to get in bed with unbiblical ideologies. It's love doesn't want to offend. We must be tolerated. If someone has sex with someone outside of marriage, we'll look the other way. Or if someone has sex with someone of the same gender, we will not preach Romans. After all, Jesus said not to judge. Who are we to judge? We don't want to be seen as throwing stones. Yet if you need, if you need to not preach scripture because you're afraid of offending, is that not proof you're wearing the crimson ring? If you look the other way, is that not the evidence? You're not loving with truth. And as far as using the words of Christ, he told us in the same book of Matthew where people quote about don't judging, to watch out for wolves in sheep clothing. And how you build your house and make sure that is on the rock is truth. Because there's a storm coming and your house will fall if you're not built on truth. Notice regarding the rocks, Jesus didn't respond to the woman caught in adultery was to keep sinning. He didn't say, I'll tolerate your sin. I don't want to offend you or judge you. Go ahead and sleep with the married guy. Get a couple cookies in. No, he said, go and sin no more. You don't parade your sin and call it your identity unless you wear the crimson ring. Yes, the church needs to welcome all and meet them where they're at. But God doesn't just leave them there. He transforms their lives. God doesn't wink at sin because all sin leads to death. The death of the person, death of a family, neighborhood, city, state, country, and even a world. The crimson ring represents any ideology that stands against the truth of Christ, who is the truth. The love battle lines are drawn. You can't love without truth, and you can't speak or live truth without love. We either conform to sin or we conform to Christ. The day is coming when you'll need to stand, or by not standing, you will surrender our country to tyranny. Unless people stand, the Equality Bill will go through, which those who are wearing the ring means civil rights and freedom. But for those who are not wearing the ring, it means your religious liberties will be attacked. The Bible will be deemed as a hate book, and you will be told what you can or cannot preach in your churches, what you can or cannot say. And if the example of England wasn't a wake-up call enough recently, where the woman was arrested for praying in her mind, I don't know what will be. As I share this podcast, in Minnesota, I'm reading in the Federalist that Christians, Jews, and Muslims will be barred from teaching because their beliefs are not inclusive enough. This is nothing short of the Aryan paragraph in Nazi Germany that made it illegal for anyone of Jewish blood to hold the governmental position. This included to preach in church and, of course, over time wasn't limited to these areas but in every sphere of life. For Christians, Jews, and Muslim teachers, you need not apply if this policy goes through. Did you ever think in America you would ever see such a day? Mark my words, unless God intervenes, all licensed professionals will have to wear the ring or not have their license renewed and lose their ability to make a living. You see, the crimson ring is more than an analogy of Marxist totalism. It is a plan of a spiritual being who in the purest form of evil that ever existed his plan is for humanity to be consumed itself from the inside out. Patrick Henry's words were lived out by God first, who created us. Only he said, 
I'll give you liberty from the tyranny of sin, and I will choose death so that you can have true life. Sin does not have to be your master anymore. Jesus is the only one who can free us from wearing the crimson ring. So let's pray. Lord, I repent for wearing the crimson ring. You said, even though my sins were red as scarlet, you would make them white as snow. I no longer accept this world's definition of who I am, or the value or lack of value based on color or gender, or being heterosexual. I accept myself as sacred made in your image. I no longer surrender to the ideology that says I am responsible for what other people have done, whether that's um, people now or people in the past. I am not defined by how I feel at any given moment. I don't want to be part of a culture of reproductive justice, which is a culture of murder. Lord, I do not want any sin to be my master. Instead, Lord, I'm asking you to forgive my sins and save me from this perverse generation and from myself, which is in the past was controlled by my sinful nature. I give this crimson ring back to hell where it belongs, and I receive your definition of who I am and who you are. I believe who the sun sets free is free indeed. Thank you for my freedom to be the one you created me to be. I surrender myself, my self-made tyranny, to you as Savior and Lord. And I will follow you and live out the words that you gave. Follow your liberty, even unto death, as you did for me. So this is what's really been on my heart as I have been... Um, reading a couple books, The Letter to the American Church and Live Not by Lies. Both books have really been speaking to me a great deal on we are at a crossroads in America right now. And if we do not make a stand, if we do not at all of these different levels, whether if that's an assembly level, that's at a school board level, that's at a governmental level, that's at your church level, that's if we do not make a stand, and we do not say no further, then our country is just going to fall into this darkness. And we're going to lose generations unless God supernaturally intervenes. You know, the whole idea of soft totalitarianism is that there's a wall, but it's a soft wall. And if you push against it, and you push against it, it will topple over. Um, I'm reminded in, in reading these two books that President Reagan said to Gorbachev, you know, tear down that wall. The Soviet Union was considered to be one of the most powerful nations in the world, and the wall crumbled. It does not take that many to crumble the wall. It just takes men and women of courage who are not afraid of losing something. Because this battle, you're going to lose something. You might lose your job. You might lose your uh, livelihood. You might lose your reputation. You, there, there's, there's a lot of things that you could lose. But my gosh, guys, what's worse than us losing our liberty and our freedom, not just for us, for generations to come. We need to be able to stand. 
We need to be able to speak truth in love and not fear man. Jesus said, don't fear the one that can destroy the body. Fear the one who can destroy the body and the soul. There's no fear of God in this culture. Holy fear, reverence for our God. It's not there. But we need to be doing that. And we need to repent as a country. I, I have to admit, I, I did not think in a million years America would look like this. I, I, I look at my country that I spent 20 years in service for, and it saddens my heart that we've come to this. But it's not too late. It's not too late to quit breathing. Pray and stand. Pray and stand. And find people with like mind following the scriptures, following the truth, and stand with them. What's worse? Losing something or losing our country? What's worth worse? Losing your reputation or losing your faith? These are the things that I'm thinking about tonight. Once again, I know this isn't a light podcast, but I really feel very strongly, believe very strongly that you're going to be in a position very soon where you're going to need to make a decision. The mistake they made in Nazi Germany, many people made, is that Hitler would leave them alone if they just conformed. We know that's not true. Conformity will not save you. Following this ideology will not save you. Your little surrenders to protect what little you have will not save you. The only one who can save you is Jesus Christ. He went on a cross. His death was sufficient. He has the final word. We need to be a country that joins Patrick Henry and says, give me liberty or give me death and not settle for anything less.